Thanks for joining Cornerstone for our message of the week. We hope you'll be inspired and encouraged. To connect with our church family and to watch our services live, download our app today by texting Sparks Will Fly as one word, app to 77977. That's Sparks Will Fly app to 77977 or by visiting us online at sparkswillfly.cc. Well, good morning, everyone. Um, we sorry for the technical difficulty uh, this morning, but by God's grace and mercy, we're going to get the internet and stuff, uh, all this stuff figured out. So uh, we just keep having, uh, we just keep having the, the line to drop for some reason. But anyhow, uh, we're going to get it fixed. We're going to get things straightened out. And uh, but we're glad to, to just be able to have Pastor Junior again. Uh, man, me and him both are really excited. Feel like God is just doing some, just some great things. And so um, we just believe that this morning. Uh, man, with things that we're going to share this morning, I believe it's going to really bless you. And um, and so, Father, we just thank you for this day, Lord. I just thank you, Lord, for the privilege to uh, encourage the people, Lord. And, Father, we just thank you uh, um, for, for all that you're doing in the earth right now, Lord. I know that uh, many will say that the enemy is having a heyday, but, Lord, I just thank you, Father, that this is the day that you have made, and we're here to rejoice and be thankful and be glad in it. And Father, I just thank you for just uh, the new wine that you that you, the new wine skin you're forming and the new wine that you're releasing, in Jesus' mighty name, Amen. So this morning we really want to just uh, sit down and uh, talk with you guys, to encourage you guys um, out of uh, just a portion of Scripture that uh, Pastor Junior and I've been meeting on, and we've been talking over this passage of Scripture, and he's really locked and loaded this morning, so I'm ready to just uh, let him out the gate, but I want to try to set it up, or if you will, lay a foundation for what we want to talk about this morning, but I want to read uh, Isaiah chapter 43, uh, around verse uh, 16, uh, 16 through 19, and I'm going to be reading out of the Passion Translation. It says, Yahweh is the one who makes a way in the sea, a pathway in the mighty waters. He destroyed chariots and horses and all their mighty warriors. They failed never to rise again. Gone forever, snuffed out like a wig. This is what he says. Stop dwelling on the past. Don't even remember the former things. I'm doing something new, something brand new, something, something unheard of. Even now it sprouts and grows and matures. Don't you perceive it? I will make a way in the wilderness and open up flowing streams in the desert. And so this morning, we just want to use that, a couple of verses out of there, Junior. Um, it's what you and I have been talking about. And we, we want to use a couple of verses out of there just to, to try to bring greater language to what we feel like the Lord is saying. Number one, he says in there to uh, stop dwelling stop dwelling on the past. Um, you know, one of the things I'm going to say in this season is we have got to get a vision. We've got to get a vision of a bright future. Listen, I'm not one that believes this is the apocalypse, that all of us shaking and going down. I believe the greater days of the church are ahead of us. Uh, I believe that John 2 is a prophetic picture of that. Jesus saved the best wine for last. We went over this about uh, 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 Rebe- uh, Rebecca coming to marry Isaac when she showed up uh, for the promised son. She was laden down with the gifts. When they exited out of Egypt out of Passover, there was not a sick one, feeble one among them, and they left for the silver and the gold. So we believe that the greater days are ahead of the church. Although uh, we're talking about greater days and we're talking about a vision for the future, uh, but we do believe that there's a radical shift and some radical changes coming to the way that we're doing ministry. And so it's going to look a lot, a, a, a lot different uh, than what we've known as church in the past. I just believe that God is building a new wineskin. And, and, and so uh, we, we want to share a couple of those things today. But we've got to get a vision for, for, for the future. You know that in the midst of, I was just thinking back when we were talking earlier of a couple of things. You remember at the end of the 90s that Tommy Tenney wrote a book um, called The God Chasers. And man, he was really pinning something down. It would, when a lot of the church was lethargic, a lot of apathy in the church, a lot of settling just for the traditions of men, he began to pin something out of an encounter that they had with the Lord and began to write uh, just with for fresh prophetic vision, which really ignited something in the church and really set the church up to where we're at today. But I feel like there's something that is just turning, man, that's just burning in the hearts of people that is really like that book was. 
was then, but it's, it's, there's something new on the horizon. So, so what we want to say is, you remember in, in, the middle of the, in the middle of the 60s, at the end of the 60s, 1967, in the, in the, in the heat of Jim Crow and racism and, and the civil rights movement, Louis, or, Louis Armstrong, the African-American singer, begin to sing of a wonderful world. He began to paint a picture, if you will, right in the midst of all of that. Instead of focusing on on racism, instead of focusing on the negative, instead of focusing on uh, all that was wrong, he began to paint a picture of what could be, what it looked like on the other side. So today, we want to take our time, and, and I appreciate the church and uh, the way it's been, but I'm telling you, I know in my gut, nowhere, that some things are beginning to shift. And so Whatever vision that we have in front of us, that is the direction that we're going to go. The Bible says in Proverbs 29, verse 18, it says, Where there is no vision, where there is no prophetic revelation, that the church will cast off restraint and run wild. So, so this morning, we want to share some prophetic revelations that we believe that God is speaking to us about what is this going to look like when we gather back together. And so... So let's let's talk about that, uh, Junior. Let's let's. I want you to really just dive in there. Let's let's try to paint the vision of what you and I have been talking about. What you and I feel like that things are here. Now let me just lay one other thing in there. In 1998, in 1998, I got introduced to the apostolic. There was nothing going on in my entire area, in my church. We had great services. We have people getting saved. Um, at the height of it, we might hug one another. We might cry. But there was no really no gifts of the Spirit, no, no tongues, no prophecy, no healing, demonstrations of signs, wonders, and miracles. None of that was taking place in the church. But we were having what we call good church. And, um, and people were being saved. And so the gospel of salvation was being was present. But And then I remember... We had, an, we had a revival, and we invited someone that was not in our particular circles or not who we were who we'd usually running with, someone that was really an outsider, if you will, brought them in, and, and that was Pastor Dale, and came to the church I was at, and he began to preach. His preaching was different than anything I'd ever heard. I mean, my God, and I remember that at that time that the Lord had spoke to him and said, you haven't, you haven't esteemed the tape ministry the way it should be. So he had the church staff here dubbing as many cassette tapes back then what it was, and they brought all of those cassette tapes over there to, to the ministry that I was at, and they gave away all of those tapes, didn't even charge for them, gave away the complete booklet of tapes. I remember getting that, and I remember listening to that preaching. I remember the passion that was exemplified on there. And, I mean, there was just a clarion call that there was more available, man, if we were willing to shift. And I remember at this time, God was in the ministry that I was at. He, I mean, you could tell that the shift was upon us. People were now tired of... Um, they were just tired of the same old. There was there was really three groups of people, and I remember him identifying it back then. There was a group of people, man, that was ready. They was ready to exit out of what we, we were in. There was a group that was willing to go for God. There was a group in the middle, and then there was a group that was stuck in the ways of tradition. And I remember him saying, you're not going to take all three groups. You're going to lose. what they, They're going to be graves in the wilderness. And I believe in this current move that we're, they're going to be graves in the wilderness. That people are not going to trick what we feel like God is saying to us. But but I'm telling you this, I believe that there are those that are discontented, a divine discontentment down within your belly. You're you're coming to church and and my and, and you just know that there's gotta be more, man. There's gotta be more to this thing, man. I mean, come on, Jesus didn't die and go to the cross so that you and I can have a good church service. He came with a message, the message of the kingdom, not the message of salvation, the message of the kingdom to establish the kingdom. And I believe that people are saying that there's got to be more to it than this. And so, so obviously with COVID-19 hitting, it's caused, a, if you will, a monkey wrench to be thrown in there. And, but what it has done is it has forced us to change. So, so let's talk about it, just some of this. And I just, I'm just telling you, I believe as it was in 98, that shift, that shift in the 98, I believe we're on another shift of that epic proportion, a new season, a new era being established of the way we do church and that we really try to get out of this Christian culture into kingdom culture. So t share, share with us 
some of the things. Let's let's lay this thing out. So as he said there, I couldn't agree more with Pastor John. He says, forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. See, I'm doing a new thing even now it springs up. Even now it springs up. Shall you not perceive it? Do you not know it? I'm making a way in the desert. I'm giving you rivers in the desert. I'm cutting a highway in the wilderness right now. And, you know, the Bible talks about the men of Issachar. You got to have men like Issachar. He says, for they knew the discerning of the times. And that's what we're talking about today. We believe the Lord's doing something new, something fresh that the world has never seen unprecedented. And we're so excited about that. You know, Paul talked about in the word that, we are to have a message of wisdom, That's right. uh, a message of the Spirit of God, uh, not a message of the world's age and what they're doing and a message of the rulers of the age because yeah. Paul said those, those are fading away because right. we know God said in the, it, that uh, David's house is going to get stronger and stronger and that Saul's house is going to get weaker and weaker. And in the last days, God said, I'm going to rebuild David's fallen tent. And we believe that's, that's where we at and. You know, it says in 1 Corinthians there that eyes have not seen, ears have not heard the new thing that God is doing. No mind has conceived what God is doing with his people. But it says that the Spirit has revealed them to us. I I remember a time in Eli's day in the Old Testament there in young Samuel. And uh, the Lord began talking to Samuel. And he says, I'm going to begin uh, to do a new thing in Israel. That the ears of all who hear it, it's going to tingle. And, and as you know, Eli had sons there. They wasn't living right. They was doing wrong in the house of God. And it says the lamp was about to go out. The Bible said he was a heavy man. And there wasn't no vision going forth in that day. There wasn't no creativity going forth in that day. And the Lord, and the Lord told Samuel, I'm about to do something new. And I believe if you, just to paraphrase that, if you will, he was saying... I'm about to break the fat man of tradition. I'm about to turn him on his head because my house is not to be dim. The lamp is not to be out. The lamp is to be bright. And we're to be flowing in creativity, in the spirit, and in the gifts. God said in the last days, I'm going to raise up my mountain. It's going to be chief among all the other mountains. And and in that day, they're all going to ask, what's the way to the Mount Zion, the house of the Lord? Because the the word of the Lord is going to be coming forth. But he's going to establish his thing as chief. And, you know, the Bible says, Pastor John, that tradition... Jesus, you know, when many couldn't get healed, he one thing he said was, it's the traditions of men that nullify the Word of God. Nullify means legally void. He said, your traditions have nullified the Word of God. And he says, you do many things like that. You do many things like that. But Peter talks about in 2 Peter that there being a present truth. What you just talked about is present truth. God is on the move again. God, our God is a God of set times and seasons and things that he's got planned out. But there's a coming forth right now uh, in this next generation, uh, something unprecedented like we had never seen. You know, but the verse says, see, I'm going to do a new thing. But prior to that, he says, forget the former things. It is impossible to walk into the new if you're always looking backward to your past. If you're always talking about what might have been, should have been, could have been, you're going to miss the fresh and what he's doing right now, the present truth right now that he's doing. And he says, I'm doing a new thing. You know, he told uh, Abram one time, he says, I want, I'm going to bless you. I'm going to make you into a great nation. You're going to be a blessing. I'm going to bless those that bless you and curse those that curse you. I'm going to make your name great. And, and through you, all the peoples on the earth is going to be blessed. But see, there was a cost to that. God's going to do the new thing, but you're going to have to do something, Abram. What is that? You're going to have to leave your country. You're going to have to leave your people. You're going to have to leave your father's household. And you're going to have to go to the land that I show you. It's a new land flowing with milk and honey. What he was saying is, to get to the new, you're going to have to leave the familiar. You're going to have to leave the old mindsets, the old perspectives. You're going to have to leave the way maybe mama and daddy done it. You're going to have to leave the old because in, in, in the, it's line upon line and precept upon precept. We're standing upon their shoulders, and, and we ought to have more truth. We honor them. We honor where we've been, 
but we want to go forth in the present truth of today and what God is saying. God told Joshua another time when he was about to inherit the, the promised land, Moses had died. The people had been mourning 30 days. Yep. And, and the Bible says that God come to Joshua, and you know what he said? He said, Moses is dead. And what he was telling them is, they didn't even get to bury Moses. God buried Moses. Why is that? It's because Israel would have put made a monument to the grave of Moses and camp right there. And God said, I don't want you to camp. It ain't, it ain't about Moses. It's about the promised land. This thing is generational, getting it on down the family line. So Moses is dead, Joshua. Arise and cross over. Meditate on this word. Let, let me say this right here because we were talking about this, that I remember when in 2018, September 2018, I told you I was sitting right there in that chair. We were doing Awaken the South. And Pastor Jamie come in this office. Pastor Jamie Tuttle come in this office. He sat right here in the chair that I'm sitting in. I was sitting in that chair. And he looked at me. This, this just come to me, the prophetic vision on this. Because I'm telling you, we're not going to go and do the things that we thought we were going to be able to do when it's concerning. I'm talking to Cornerstone people, those connected to us and, and, and uh, throughout this region, talking about the map and the lamp and all of those things. But he told me, he said, he come in here, and right at the time he sat down, I was sitting right there weeping in the presence of God. He looked at me and he asked me, where is the body of Moses buried? And I answered him, I said, nobody knows God buried Moses' body. He looked at me and he said, Joshua. He said, get up. Quit looking at the body of Moses and lead your people. And I think that we're not going to take Moses as, we're not going to take the, mo the model of Moses into this lamp and build this region. God is trying to do something brand new. And he's, he, you know, and I remember praying into this uh, Sean Boltz's book, Breakthrough, that's full of all the prophecies in there. I read that book, but there's one thing. I read that whole book to get one statement out of there. He said, a lot of people are looking, looking at models. And God's telling you to quit looking at a model and become the model. And I believe that that's the call of God on our house as pioneers and homesteaders that we are to become a model. And, and, and so, so this, this new thing that we're talking about is we've got to shift the wine skin so that we can walk into the new wine and... And I didn't mean to break the flow of there, but I just want to tell you this, that Moses is gone, man. Moses is gone. We can't look at Moses no more. We've got to, we've got to stand. God told Joshua, he says, sanctify yourself. Sanctify yourself. He says, sanctify yourself. He said, because in three days you're going to cross this. And he says, you ain't, you ain't been this way before. You ain't been. First of all, he had been there because him and Caleb had done went years prior to that. They, they went years prior to that with the spies to go get the land because Moses was trying to create a vision inside of a bunch of slaves and orphans. Orphans and slaves cannot, they cannot dream and they cannot envision a bright future. So Moses was trying to use what a real estate developer would when he goes to a banker to sell his vision. He'll create a model, if you will, and show that banker that what his development is going to look like. So Moses sent spies into, into the promised land, flowing with milk and honey, to get the grapes, to bring it back in front of them, to paint the vision of what the future looked like. But they had been there, but God said, you ain't been this way before. And that's what's happening. Some of us has been there, man. We've been there in our private time. Come on, June. We've been in this land that is flowing with milk and honey. We, we went and tasted of vineyards out there that where the where the move of God is happening, like in Kansas City, Redding, California, Batesburg, South Carolina. But here's the problem. We we haven't been the prescribed way yet. And God is releasing right now strategy in the prescribed way of how we're going to possess and model this kingdom in the south right here where we're at in South Georgia. Now, come on. And, and once you see it, Pastor John, that's so good, man. This is fresh. Once you see it, once you see that vision, I believe you'll sell out. Come on. I believe you'll sell everything to get to that and say, this is why I'm here. Yeah, that's this, right. This is why we're on the earth in this time. That's right. Like Esther, for such a time as this, a royal position, who knows, we might be here today in this next movement of what God is doing for such a time as this, for his glory to come. Because he said glory upon glory. But I remember when Elijah came to see Elisha. And the Bible says that he threw his cloak on him. He found him. He threw his cloak on him. Yep. And then Elisha, he was plowing with 12 yoke of oxen. He had a big thing going yep. on. And the Bible says that he went to Elijah and says, I'm going to go with you. I'm yep. leaving. Let me tell my mom and daddy goodbye. And he said, my God, what have I done with you? 
stay. But you got to understand, they was a window of opportunity. Right. They were, and this is a window of opportunity for God's people. And he told him, he says, I'm going to burn. He took the yoke. He took the oxen and he sacrificed them. He took the plow equipment and he burned it. He burnt the ships right there and said, for what I just felt, what I just saw in you by the Spirit. He says, I'm going to leave everything I got and I'm going to follow you. That's what he did. We've got to do that. And I'm sure mom and daddy was standing at the window thinking our son, Elisha, is going to grow up in the family business and on the family farm. But you know what? Destiny. Destiny will only disappoint those who have appointed you to theirs. Destiny will only disappoint those that have destined you to theirs. You got to do the new thing. You got to do the new thing. You see, when we come out of this COVID-19, if we go back to our old ways, if we go back to our old ways of thinking and the old way of doing business and the old way of doing uh, church, if we just go back to our own traditions then we will have missed the inflection point we'll have missed the opportunity the window that god has given us in this hour i looked up inflection point and it means a point in a curve when the direction begins to change Mm -hmm. And, and in a business what is inflection point the time that it all shifted a time that it all changed and we we believe that right now uh that it's a time to change and, and to shift. And, you know, we as leaders in, in, in God's house, we, we've got to give up the control of people. And, right. and, and here's what I mean by this. In the Bible, it talks about bricks and it talks about stones. Uh, you know, in the day of uh, the temple, what was it? The uh, Genesis 11 over there, when they built the Tower of Bible. Yeah. Nimrod was a hunter, but what he hunted was people because he was trying to build something for himself. And uh, it says that uh, they made bricks. You know, bricks all look alike. Well, God didn't want all his children to look alike. That's why he made us different. Different giftings, different creativity, different flowings of the Spirit. God said you're lively stones. And and that's what we're to be. He wanted us to be lively stones, not bricks. Uh, So we got to give up our idea of what this thing's going to look like and what it's supposed to look like and give the Holy Spirit the reins again uh, to let him mold and craft what he wants in this hour right now. There's, you know, I believe there's an alarm being sounded globally right now on how we do business, how we do church, how we do family. I believe it's just an alarm. And what's an alarm for? An alarm is to wake up. We got to wake up from where we at. Like, why are we doing what we're doing? We're getting the same old results because we keep doing the same old thing. And somebody's got to stand up. And this this that just happened with COVID-19 has got us to come back and bring the lamb in the house and to get refocused and to get reset again. And, you know, we're living in a day and time, I believe, where God says, I'm restoring all things. God said, I'm going to restore all things. But see, you got to understand, if God's restoring all things, then we're going to have to change and get a new mindset. You're going to have to change. I'm going to have to change. We're going to have to shift some things to come in line to the way that God is doing things. And the, ch- the church has got to shift. You know, I believe there's an acceleration of the Spirit right now for those that come in line and get into what God's doing. You know, as the, as the Spirit of the Lord came upon Elijah, the Bible says, told him to gird up his loins and put his cloak in his belt so he could run. Up to that time, all they did, ever did was walk and ride a horse. And he told Ahab, hitch up your chariot, for I hear the sound of the abundance of rain. And, and that's where the Spirit of the Lord came upon Elijah. And, and Elijah, the Bible says, outran. He outran Ahab. He outran the enemy 14 miles by foot all the way to Jezreel. Now, I believe that same Spirit of God is coming upon the church again uh, to empower us, to equip us to run and not walk, to outrun our enemy. The, you know, Secretariat, if you watch that horse race, he won by 30 one links. It wasn't even close when the Spirit of the Lord come on him. And when he crossed the line, the Bible's the Bible. The 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 movie said that his uh, the heart he was still gaining speed when he crossed the finish line. So I believe that's coming right now. There's a tidal wave of God's shift that is among his people to get us into position our divine destiny so that we can look like the bride and to be all that he's called us to be. 
in this hour. I mean, it's still not too late for maybe us to have a June bride. Come on. Talking about the bride of Christ. It's the sound of Esther 414. You know, royal position for such a time as this. Who knows? This might be the thing that COVID-19 might turn out to be a blessing. That got us to focus and to reshift and to change some things. What the enemy meant for harm, it only worked out for the best. Amen? In this new era... Uh, in the church, there is a pioneer anointing that you were talking about. It's a pioneer anointing. 2020 is a year of vision, a year uh, of vision to get things clear, uh, to come into focus, your family, your business, your church. And what is that? Turn it to kingdom. How we do kingdom business, kingdom family, kingdom. It's not church culture. It's kingdom church culture. That's, that's the difference. And, you know, the good news that we have is the breaker goes before us. He's the one that's breaking us out of our familiar. He's the one that's breaking us out of our normal routines, leading us and guiding us and, and calling us in to what will be called the new normal. And I'll come back to that in a minute. But here's a fresh word today that I want you to see. You know, the word normal just in the dictionary, Pastor John, means the current state. The current state of being after some dramatic uh, change has happened. What is the state of being? What is That's the normal way of it. But here's a fresh word I believe for today. And maybe the new big, just maybe, possibly, the new big is the new small. I heard that this week. Maybe the new big is the new small. Maybe what God's doing is no longer in stadiums. Maybe it's no longer in the big conference centers. Maybe it's not in the big arenas. But just maybe the Holy Spirit wants to show up in your living room and, and the fire of God move on those lively stones all around you. That's where the big can become small again. Not, not the, all the big eyes. It's not about a one-man show. Man, this last day move is about all the children, the sons and the daughters. Let's, let's stop right here and talk about this. That So we talk about the new wine being poured into a new wine skin. And so we believe that the new wine is not found in the grape, but found in the cluster. So it's got to be found in in a team, which takes time to establish. And um, and so when we talk about this shift, I want to go back to, because I just really felt Lord on this for me, that, you know, when a season shifts and change, in the times that, like when we move into a new era or an epic season, whenever that shift takes place, they will, they will be, you will almost look crazy to other people not willing to make the shift and the change because there will be more structure to support the previous, the previous season than what is there to support the season that is in. But we must do like Elijah when he heard. See, see first of all, let me say this. He saw the cloud the first time you know what I'm saying as far as Elijah saw it because when he heard it his ability to hear it created his ability to see it and so I think that in this new season go back to when we transitioned out of the agriculture season into the industrial people still were riding horseback people there was more structure to support the horseback the horse rider than there was to support that because there was no gas station, but God was on the Model T. And because, or the Model A, whatever the first one that was built, but the reason why Henry Ford said this has 30 horsepower is he's saying this is 30 times better than the horse you got on your, your that you're riding on. So what, what we're trying to say is if the new big is going to be, the new big is small, that means because let me just say this, as a, as a pastor and you pastor, we, 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 from a ministry standpoint, the focus before COVID-19, let's just be honest where it was at. How many Facebook followers can you get? How many Instagram followers can you get? The focus was not on on the focus was not on building deep, but how wide can you build it? And so what we got to understand is when we talk about church culture, that is church culture. Church culture is competing with the church down the street. Church culture is all about promoting yourself, promoting your church, all of that. But the kingdom, 
the kingdom, Luke 17 says, does it come with observation of men's eyes? For the kingdom of God will lies within. So it's something that is unseen. So in order to have the king flow through us, he will come through us at the, at the, to, the, to the, the degree that he has developed in us. And so, so I feel like COVID-19, what it's produced us to do is take a really, I, I shared this with you earlier, in Luke 15, the lady searches the house to find the valuable coin that was lost. We must be honest with ourselves, friends. We have lost some valuable things and got caught up in doing church culture instead of doing kingdom culture. We've got to rediscover some valuable stuff. And some valuable stuff is, is that we begin to lead out of our relationship, not lead out of performance and obligation but lead out of overflow of relationship and and that we should be leading out of our marriages come on somebody that um Man, when we come up, I, I know some people that has sacrificed their marriage for the sake of the gospel. Friend, you're called to be the priest of your home. That is your first ministry. If it's not right in my house, it'll never go, it's never going to be right at Cornerstone. And so, so we've got to learn how to rediscover some valuable things. So, so when we talk about this transition, we believe God's speaking something new. Obviously, there's a, ma- a major reset. Obviously, that we want to be established in the present truth. And the present truth in 98 was, let, let's just look at this, because we were talking about this, that in Genesis 6, in the midst of judgment, wickedness, is where Noah found himself. They were eating, drinking, and marrying. Uh, nobody was focused on the Lord. But the Bible says he found, he found he found grace. He found a new era. He found something brand new in the kingdom, in, in the eyes of Yahweh that was not discovered by everyone around him. Now, when he finds this new thing, he begins to build an ark that's 300 cubics, I believe, 300 cubics. Long we talked about this, 300 is the number of completion of Christ's reign. It was 50 cubics uh, wide. This is uh, 50 is the number of Jubilee and Pentecost. Then it is 30. Uh, 30 um, what I'm getting them all wrong right here. 30 is the year that uh, of, of, of fullness, maturity, begin the, begin the ministry. And so he, he put this wood and he had the type of wood he used. Uh, it's all a picture of Christ. And so he finds this new heir. But notice this. He begins to build something. This takes him years to build. Never rain. It takes him years to build. You know that people that was in ministry around him was looking, what is he doing? Why would he, why would he reduce the church down to eight people? Why would he, why would he, man, he should be touching the masses. He should be touching the world. But yeah, he's just focusing on building something. But what he was building would release a brand new whole epic era. He was creating a whole brand new world. And so I think for us, what we feel like the Lord's saying to us is that the only way that we're going to establish true kingdom is you cannot establish that in the masses. It's going to be established over the table, sharing a meal, breaking bread, willing to take the time to plan into five, plan into ten, plan into three. And so, first of all, to establish that, Junior, we've got to to ask the Lord to strip us of the old way of thinking. That just because I'm not running 200, 300, 400, which is what most people measure success by. But how many knows you can have 30 in the Falcon Stadium and you can't move nothing? But you can have three inside of Jairus' house along with Jesus and, and, and raise the dead. So let me tell you, you measure big couple of ways. You can fill up a room with folk like me and Junior, or you can fill up a bunch, room with a bunch of skinny people. We want, we want big in depth. You follow what I'm saying? And so so let's let's let's... Let's begin to put language on this. Let's begin to put language on this. See, what you just said about Noah. I mean, Noah means rest. Noah yeah. entered the ark. If you hunt and rest, you got to enter the ark. Who is the ark? Ark is Jesus Christ. Come, Come on. on. And uh, so there's modern day Noahs today. That's right. That we believe have the blueprints. Come on. Uh, of what God is really wanting to do while everybody else around them can't even see it or believe it. Yeah. If you can't see it or believe it, then I'm asking you just to trust your leadership. Hang on to somebody's coattail that has seen it uh, so until you begin to see it. Amen? But he told Noah, he, Jesus told him one time, he said, in the last days, he said, it's going to be like it was in Noah's time. 
people going to be eating and drinking and marrying and giving in marriage right up to the day that they entered the ark. And what's that mean? It means in the last days when I come again, the Lord says, people just going to be carrying on as usual, just business as normal, eating, drinking, just doing their thing. And they don't even realize that God's wanting to do something brand new, create a brand new world to do something unprecedented. That's the prevailing uh, attitude. But see, I, I believe God, Pastor John, is trying to transition the global church out of the entertainment, out of the drive-by, out of the uh, uh, the drive-through mentality. Let me go get my fix at church today so I can go on with my life. That has got to end. God's doing away with that That's entertainment right. drive-by mentality. And what he really wants is us to have the arcs like Noah went into the ark uh, of the presence of the Lord. Man, in the ark. In the, Jesus took him in the ark and he shut the door. I mean, a brand new world was coming. Yeah. God's like, I got this. Just come get in me. You just lie down right there, what it means. Coffin right there. It, actually, what it means is when he invited me to come in the ark, it, it, it's the word coffin where he says, I just want you to come in and lay down right there. And this ark in me, I'll get us to where we need to go. I'll get you to where you need to go. And it's, I'm going to create a whole, new, a whole new world. But in his provision, in the ark, there's peace. There's safety. There's provision. There's healing. There's joy. Everything you're looking for, it's in the ark of God. And, you know, I believe why Noah got the blueprint. Why did Noah find grace in the Lord? The Bible says, and he only calls it a few times, but it says Noah was a friend of God. I believe he got the blueprints out of that intimate relationship that he was having with the Lord. So here's what I know. Blueprints for what God is doing is going to come out of properly connected relationships with God and with other people. Blueprints are going to flow when we get properly connected. Not just connected, but properly connected. Kingdom connected. What's real? Not fake, but real. Just real relationship. And I've got to be able to accept somebody that doesn't agree with me on everything. Right. It's okay that we don't agree. It's even healthy, That's really. Right. But right. we've got to know that we've got a bigger picture here, a bigger uh, ship, a bigger thing that we are part of in Christ, the body of Christ. Well, you know, talking about the ark, when we talk about that, I was sharing with you. I, I, I know that people have this, and I forget who, whose network this is, but talking about apostolic revival cultures. And one thing of when we shift from, when we shift from, denominationalism notice i said not denominations but denominationalism yeah. the ism is an ideology of elitism that thank you better than the other person which is racism or socialism or all these isms that we don't paul said he doesn't want any schism in the body but but apostleships are not what what they establish is family apostles establish covenantal family relationships yeah. And they laid the foundation of Jesus Christ. So when we begin to make that shift to the apostolic revival culture is that when we gather around apostles, that what we start, we gather around fathers and mothers and not around doctrine. It's not, it's, it's not, listen, the major is not on doctrinal issues. The major is on relationships, which if we're going to truly connect, if we're going to truly connect, it's going to force us to deal with the inward parts of our heart. Jealousy, envy, hurts, wounds from the past, all of these are going to have to be dealt with. And, and that is the reason why we can't establish authentic kingdom family in the house is because we won't go deal with our own stuff. And so we've all been hurt. Let's establish that. If you ain't been hurt, you're going to be hurt. And uh, we got to realize that church is a good place. That I mean, they more weapons in the house of God than they are on the on the on the battlefield. And so, but you're going to be hurt. But you got to learn how to deal with the hurts. And we've got to learn how to deal with the jealousies. All of us are gifted different. I mean, God God supernaturally gifted Junior, and uh, and that was chosen by God. That was not chosen by him. What's on my life was chosen by God not chosen by me. And so what we have to realize is that God created us different, but he created each one of us with a unique gift and to create momentum and synergy inside the kingdom. And so when we connect, it brings it brings something to the body that was lacking. And so I believe through the connection this is, you know, even like what we feel in this room and you know what, you know us back and forth 
it brings a synergy that you cannot get on your own. And so, so, so we're going to have to begin to deal with some things to get this new deal that we're talking about, which is, which is kingdom, kingdom family, learning how to honor each other members. And notice this, another thing that happened in the COVID-19 is people are being honored that was lost in society. Nobody ever thought about honoring us cashier at Walmart, but now she's Harold. You know what I'm saying? Paul said we ought to give honor where honors due to all parts of the body. And the parts of the body that are unseen are more desirable. So God's showing something about honor in this, that people are held. And, man, man, we overlooked the nurse. We just overlooked that. Thought, you know what I'm saying? I mean, I mean, that wasn't on the scale of a doctor or wasn't on the scale of a lawyer. But now those, those parts that have been overlooked are now being honored. We've got to take this and bring this into the body. Friend, it's one thing to honor me as a preacher of this house, but let me tell you where the power comes from. It's from intercessors that are willing to pray for me, to keep the demons off of my house, and man, to pray to God's abundant blessing over my life. My God, I'm so thankful for those that labor in prayer for me and my family and the leaders of this house. Man, let me tell you who, who, who uh, just, it's time that we, we, when we get this right, we will learn how to bestow honor on the complete body. And so honor Honor is receiving someone for who they are without stumbling over who they're not. Junior, I got a lot of stuff that I'm not. You got a lot of stuff that you're not. But what we are is God called men of God, and we can honor each other over that and come together on that. You know, what I've been hearing lately, what everybody's talking about now, Pastor John, is the new normal. Come on. And I've been seeing it on TV. I heard it on the news the other night. What's the new normal going to look like? And everybody's trying to figure it out. Everybody's on YouTube doing videos. Here's the new normal. And I just want to ask you a question. What is the new normal for the world? And is the new normal for the world going to look different than the new normal of the church? And I'd have to say it's going to look a lot different. It's going to look a lot different. Uh, The word normal itself, when you look it up, comes from a Latin word called normally that means right angle it means a carpenter's square if you will a carpenter's square is something they use to build with the right angle 90 degree angle they'll lay it and frame stuff with it that that's one one way that carpenter that's how they use that tool but see i come to tell you the church also has the church right here also has a square a 90-degree angle. You see that? Why? Because our our Jesus, our Lord and Savior, was a carpenter as well. So we can't build the church with the same angle that the world chooses to build out there. Us and the church and the world are going in two different directions, two different, two different uh, directions, two different worlds, two different kingdoms, if you will. But Christians, we've got to get the right angle. The square is who? Jesus Christ himself. So, you know, the world is so, they're doing social distance. Uh, They can't even shake hands no more. It's kind of like the enemy meant to separate everybody, but really all he did was get us all together in this new thing that God's about to do. Just like if he, you know, he he shouldn't have killed Christ because all he did was going to spread out. All he did to this to the church, he's just going to cause us to spread out and to multiply. All over, my goodness. Pastor John was sharing with me that at Cornerstone, praise God, all thanks to the Lord, that the giving hadn't went down. The givings went up. And what that means, that's life on that. That means God's, I've got it, the hearts of the people are right. I, I, I just say the giving's going to continue to grow and get larger and larger because we're trying to follow the way of the Lord. In His heart, there is the provision. It's in there. And... All of the churches, you know, we're going to have to deal with the systems of man and being in society. But what is new? What is the new norm for the church? What is the standard of the church? The standard is the Bible. The standard is the Bible. The, sta- the standard for the church is the plumb line. The Word of God is the plumb line. So we can't allow the world to tell the church what is normal for us. Amen. Best I can tell, the church ought to be telling the world what is normal for for them and society. So it's two different messages. 
this morning. I believe the fear of God is coming back to the house again. I believe the excitement and the expectability, the, uh, the expectation to see God move is going to become alive and afresh again. And it's only not going to come through five-fold leadership. It's going to come through sons and daughters in the houses, in the homes. That's the way it's coming. And, and I, I believe that. Um, so the, the pattern, you know, Moses went up and got the pattern, the blueprint. You know, 50 days after Passover, that's when the fire fell. 50 days after Passover in the New Testament happened on Pentecost. That's when the fire fell again. And I believe right there that, that the fire's going to fall again in, in the New Testament here. The New Testament is the pattern of what the church looks like. It is the right angle. You know, the church isn't the building. The church isn't an organization. The church is your home. The church is an individual. Why is that? You know, Paul, he said, as you come to him, the living stone rejected by men, but accepted by God and precious to God. He said he's called you and I to be lively stones in the house of the Lord with Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone. A lot of people think Jesus is still not in the carpentry business. Jesus is still a carpenter in his house today, and you and I are, are lively stones. So we just cannot allow the world to tell us who we are. You know, right now we're in the, uh, the Feast of Unleavened Bread. We just went through Passover. We're, we're going through the wilderness. We're headed to the Promised Land. And in the wilderness, that's where they come to better water after thirsting for three days. That's when in their tents and at home, you and I have got to be careful because they're our example. They begin to murmur. They begin to complain against Moses and the leadership. Wish to God we died in Egypt. Wish to God you left us alone. Why do you let us come out here uh, to die of thirst and of food? That's when they begin to murmur. And you got to be careful because your words are weighty. And God brought them to water, bitter waters, Mara. Uh, but some say it had magnesium in it. Just mean God said, I got to clean you out. I got to get Egypt out of you. I got to get that old church and religion, that fat man of tradition and the way they say we got to do things and there's no life on it no more, but we're going to do it because God, because our mama and our daddy and granddaddy did it and we don't want to upset nobody and rot the apple cart. Bless the Lord, throw the apple cart out. We're going to go with a new way. We're going to go with what the Lord is saying, no matter if I like it, Pastor John likes it, or you like it. It's the will of the Lord, and if we don't do it, he'll raise up our children to do it, just like he did in, the, in, in Egypt. Uh, the Bible says it's supposed to be a 40-day journey to the promised land. Right. It took them 40 years, and God said, you know what? Not one of you that's running that mouth, not one of you out there putting your mouth on what I'm doing and questioning everything I do. He said, you're not even going to get to go in, but I'm going to raise up your children. I'll let y'all die out, and I'll let your children go in. Man, you got to decide whose side are you on. Are we going to go with what God is speaking in present truth, Pastor John, and this new wave of his spirit, the new momentum's going to shift? Yeah, I know it's going to be hard in the beginning. Yeah, it's going to look like something different and look like we missed it. Go ahead and just know it. People are going to put the mouth on it. But you know, David one time was called to be the king of Jerusalem, and he was down in Judea. And the, and the elders come to him and said, We heard your prophecies from long ago that you're supposed to be the king of this thing. And the Bible says that David left where he was, went up to his kingship, took his rightful place in the stronghold. Second Samuel, the, the Jebusites was the stronghold. Enemy held territory. And, and the Bible says that David went up there and took up residence in the enemy held territory and began to call it the city of David. That's what we got to do. We got to believe with this vision, we've got to put our body where this vision is. We've got to go put it there and trust God to be God. You know, we're talking about that. When David went to that city, to the stronghold, he didn't occupy it. You know, the, the enemy held territory. He goes up to that city, and he claims, sets his mark, and says, this is the city of David. He, he takes Goliath's head. He goes outside. When he, when he defeats Goliath, he takes that head and runs it all the way to Jerusalem and puts it there. And so one of the things that if you study that out, they had uh, caricatures. of uh, Because remember, they said, even if you come up here, the blind and the lame, the blind and the lame. And so what they were trying to say is the blind was Isaac when his eyes fell dim. And then the lame 
was was uh, was Jacob when is when God touches what he was saying is your father your grandfather couldn't do it and your daddy couldn't do it and so what makes you think you but what I'm telling you here what grandpa has placed in us and what father has placed in us I'm telling you just like on the movie National Treasure when his daddy looked at Benjamin when he looked at old Ben Gates when he come back to his house his daddy said you're gonna waste your entire life searching for this treasure but I'm telling you one generation highlights the treasure. Another generation pioneers to get there. Another generation comes, but there will be a generation to walk in the treasure room to the fullness of the kingdom. And I'm just telling you, I believe what we're after Listen, we're going to take what's been planted into us by grandpa and grandma and, and dad, and we're going to take it, and we're going into the fullness. Because they may have mocked David, but let me tell you something. He showed back up. And when he got when he got the reins, the Bible says all the days of Saul, they didn't seek after the presence of God. Let me say this. Apostolic environments will make the presence of God the top priority of the environment. We've got to say this right because I felt this. There's, there's a lot of people. There's several people. You watching us. I know where you're watching us from. There's, there's several, and you've tried this church, you've tried that church, you try, and you just say, "My God, I just don't fit anywhere." That's because God never designed you to fit in that. What is in you is what we're talking about this morning. There's an apostolic call and a kingdom culture that lies on you, and you are never going to be able to fit in that uh, and fit in that church culture. So here's what I'm going to tell you: You need to turn your house. You need to become you need to become the pastor in your house. Get people over this like-minded like you. Get the worship going on in your house. Because I'm telling you, here's what God, here's what we believe God said. While a lot of people are going to try to grow the church, we try to grow the church down. Gideon memory started out with 30,000. God said, listen, you got too many people because if you did it with 30,000 people, it's, you're going to think it's all you. But let me tell you something. You got to get, you got to grow it down. You take them out. The ones that's going to get down and going to lap the water, get rid of them. But the ones that are kneel down and stick the hand to the water, bring it back to the face, that's the one. And so God took 300. But let me tell you what God did within 300. He took and had Gideon, who, who the Bible says when God shows up to him, called him a, my, my, a man of, of mighty valor. A mighty man, what what he called. His name means feller of trees, man. Come on, he's an axe man. And so he, he goes there, but then God, when the people go to war, there was such a relationship and a culture that had been placed inside the 300 that the men said the sword of the Lord and the sword of Gideon. They were willing to die for Gideon just as much as they were for God. And so what we're just trying to say is there's a shift coming that... The focus of that, yes, there's going to be continual. There's going to be continual push all around to grow the church, see how big we can get it. I'm not against numbers. We won't impact. But what we're saying is I know a bunch of people that's got a pile of numbers, but their people live like hell throughout the week, man. We don't, we can't, we can't. I mean, we burying people with cancer. With the same people that we don't see no healing. Where is the signs, wonders, and miracles? Paul said the signs of an apostle were among you. The signs of an apostle were the signs, wonders, and miracles. The healing of the sick. The raising of the dead. We, this, is, this has got to come back to the house of God. I mean, Habakkuk said, revive the works of the years. Revive the works in the midst of the years that I leave. I appreciate reading William Branham stuff. I appreciate reading stuff from Dr. Hagen, Earl Roberts. But man, God is God right here in t- through, uh, 2020. The church has got to shift in this model. And I'm just telling you, I believe we're going to see an emphasis on home meetings like never before. Now, I'm not saying that God's going to do away with the corporate expression. Hear what I am saying. Because in the past, let's just, I'm, I'm just we're just going right here. It, they can cut us off when they want to cut us off. But I remember... I remember listening to Ron Phillips when he came several years ago. And what he was talking about is a lot of, lot of this, a lot of home churches in the past, let's establish this, a lot of things like that was, was built out of hurt, built out of rejection. And, and it was, I'm going to take my ball and these few people and we're going to go on that. That is not what we're talking about. What we're talking about is a family that realize they are connected to something larger than them. But they are still willing to march with the fivefold established leadership. But, but man, through technology, we can have 10 head in this city, 20 head in this city, 
ten head in this city, and 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 these are all part of the big family. And when we come together, I wrote this in my journal the other day. Throughout COVID nineteen, one thing that I've learned is at church when we come together at the house of God, it should look like a family reunion. It shouldn't look like people dying to get out the building. It shouldn't look like people that can't go across the aisle and shake hands with one another. You know what I'm saying? And so, so I think that what 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 we're saying is is these these home churches are not going to be built out of, of with the wrong foundation, out of doing it out of rejection or rebellion. What this is going to be is an extension of the overflow of what's happening in the corporate expression. It's the discontent that I'm not waiting till next Sunday till we gather back together. But there's something burning right now that we're just going to meet for two or three days at this level here. And I believe we're going to see discipleship. The Bible says we got to disciple nations. We ain't even figured out how to disciple our own members yet. But the Bible says we're called to disciple nations. So I believe what nations are hungry for is they're hungry to see family modeled. That's what they're hungry for, man. And so if we can remove this, if we can remove this deal... Now, listen here. If we can say to the preacher, it doesn't matter how many you're running. It doesn't matter how many you're running. It doesn't matter if you're running 10, 20, 50, 5,000, 500,000. That doesn't, that doesn't determine your success. Here, here, let me just say this. I believe it's Genesis 39. I could be wrong. But the Bible says Joseph is standing there naked on the auction block. And the Bible says in verse 1 that, that Joseph was, was successful. Now, let me tell you something. Anybody that looked at that said that is not a picture of success. But what made him successful was the fact that God was with him. What makes you successful, sir, is the fact that God is with you. If God's not with you and you got 5,000 people, let me tell you something. You're not successful. But if you got five people and God's with you, you are successful. That's what determines the success, the fact that God is with us. And so I believe we're shifting. As Junior described, we are moving into a whole new era. No longer are we looking at the angle that the world has, but we're getting back to what the book of Acts says that the New Testament church should look like. And we're building on the proper angle. Which is the which is Jesus Christ being the chief cornerstone. He he is what we pull the square from, friend. We don't look to the world. We don't look to another church. We look to Jesus as the model to build in our region. And I think is if we turn to this, we get all of this pressure off of us. We let authenticity flow, creativity flow from the from each corporate expression, each individual expression of who God is. And then, man, we can learn how to model model kingdom family. I think we're going to see an explosion like never before. Yeah, and, and just the, what you said right there with kingdom. Your home, your business, and church, just like we've had it in three different Come compartments. On. This is where I go. This is what I do. But it hadn't been who we are. And the God's wanting us to intertwine. All three kingdoms going to intertwine. How do I turn my home into the kingdom to reflect and model the kingdom? How do I, my marriage need to model the kingdom? My children. How does my business need to model the ways of the kingdom? The Lord says, I give you the power to gain wealth. Why, though? To establish my covenant in the land. So I believe you're going to see in the kingdom this new way. We're going to be intertwining just the kingdom culture. And God's going to help us do that. And I believe the blessing of the Lord is going to take over. And it's all about the Lamb. It's all about Him. And you know, there's no jockeying for position in this. It's just be who you are. Be who God's called you to be. Your gift is needed, every one of you. Every one of you, your gift is needed. Each ligament supplies. You're all needed. Some of you think you don't fit in, but you fit into this. You fit into his kingdom and how beautiful you are. Love you. God bless you. So, Father, we just bless the people today. Father, we bless the people today. Father, I pray, God, just a, just a fresh, fresh baptism of fire and passion into our hearts, a hunger for the Word of God, a hunger for the presence of God. Help us, Lord, to get the Lamb in our house like never before. We bless the people. And, Father, we just say help us to give us eyes to see and ears to hear. 
And Father, let us be paddling the way, let us be paddling the surfboard out on waiting on the wave to catch. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen and amen. God bless you, friend. Don't forget to tune in uh, be, be, uh, on our Facebook. Like us. Um, comment. Let us know you're watching. God bless you, friend. Look forward to seeing you soon. We hope you enjoyed our message of the week. Thanks for joining us. Our passion at Cornerstone is our family atmosphere built on deep relationships. We want to connect with you. Please take a moment and download our app and connect with us on social media to stay updated with all things Cornerstone. We pray you have a wonderful week.